Hello and welcome to the PSC in Conversation. The PSC is a specialist consultancy dedicated to improving public services. So this podcast is designed to tell you everything you need to know about the big issues affecting the public sector right now. Uh, Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to us if you'd like to stay up to date. This is Antonio and today I'm joined by my wonderful the PSC digital team colleagues Phil and Katie. 2021 has been a very quiet uh, year for everything. No, it's been a big year for rapid tech development uh, everywhere uh, but also uh, for ourselves. Uh, So we wanted to share a few of the things that got us most excited from the past year and what we're most looking forward to as we go into 2022. But before we do that, I think Katie, you've, you've, you've done something amazing. What have you done, Katie? So, I've done what has become a much-loved PSC digital tradition, which is a year-in-review quiz where we'll be pitting Phil and Antonio against each other. So we've got four questions, so there could be a tie. Um, I thought that was a nice kind of festive token. But um, I'll go straight in with question one. So, in January, the UK government pledged to provide £40 million to streamline logging in uh, for NHS staff. Oh, in how many different IT systems did some staff report having to log into in a single shift? Well, if I can start based upon nothing more than uh, looking at people in hospitals logging into several different systems, I'm going to say five. I, uh, so, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if people want to hear my thought process here. I assume that this got traction in the news because it was, an, it was a maximal number. So I'm going to go for 17 the answer was 15, one point to Whoa. you, hashtag living with legacy. Oh. Um, okay, question two. So in June, Matt Hancock was caught on camera kissing one of his advisors. How many views does the video of the kiss have on YouTube? Ooh, well, I confess I haven't watched that video myself, Katie, so it's certainly one fewer than it could be. But I reckon a very big number. So, I don't know, are 20 million people interested in, in Matt Hancock kissing people? I, I've definitely watched it at least a million times. <laughs> so, I'm going to go for 4.7 million. The answer is 2.2. It's a, it's, a, it's a real... It's a humdinger of a video, Phil. If, you, if, yeah. if you're ever going to get caught looking at something weird, that's the one. Alas, I just, you know, have not been able to squeeze out the time in my diary to, <laughs> to, to get that one in. OK, question three. This is your chance to claw it back, Phil. Um, OK, so as uh, avid Instagram influencers, you'll both know that Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp all went down back in October. For how long was it down? Ooh, so again, Katie, you have me in a situation where I am not on Facebook or Instagram, despite being an influencer in many uh, other ways. <laughs> so I am, but from my memory, it was like 18 hours. Yeah, so I, I would have, let's say it was, the, it, was, it, was, it was the content delivery network component of the stack which went down. And I remember thinking it wasn't as long as I thought. I'm going to say 12 hours. Guys, it was six hours. Oh, gosh. It was only six. But the point goes to you again, Antonio. I'm being thrashed here. (sighs) Okay, last one. So, according to Jira, how many issues have IKT worked on this year? Oh, my goodness. And and issues is defined as like a 
Is it changed to a ticket or a ticket itself? A, t- uh, a ticket. How many okay. tickets have I been associated with? I think it's an enormous number, and I've, I, I, I want to go first because I fear that you know Phil. I might be anchoring on Phil's answer. So I okay. Let me see. One, two, three, four. I'm, I'm going to say 177. Okay, so uh, I obviously have, I think, worked with Katie on some of those tickets, so I may have some prior knowledge. That doesn't mean you're not going to be right and I'm going to be wrong, Antonio, but I think I'd have said about double that at 350. The answer is 520. Whoa, Katie. I've been extremely busy on digital products, guys. Um, But well done, Phil. So three more in the end. End of quiz. Thank you for indulging me. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Katie. Um, So, uh, oh, right. Okay, so this bit is where we try and... It's actually quite, I wouldn't say cathartic, uh, but relatively intriguing. So I I don't know about you guys, but I struggle to remember what I did. Genuinely, yesterday, I struggled to remember what I did in the morning. Um, So I am... uh, What we've done is a little bit of a year in review. So we've tried to mix general public services stuff with random stuff with things that were going on in the PSC so let's let's just try and remember so January time what uh, January 2021 great time in the world great time in the world to my vague recollection although so the lockdown so there was a national lockdown then schools were meant to be open right at the start they went back for a day and then they and then they all shut on that day because I remember that was a slightly painful day 50,000 cases, but good news, vaccines start to roll out. Um, what, 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 what were you guys working on in January? Well, I was um, actually dealing with a lot of the, the schools being reshut. Uh, a lot of my family work in schools or go to schools, and so there was a lot of juggling around at the time, and of course it was, it was a pretty intense time with COVID being there. Uh, But I was, I think, working uh, primarily with the UK Space Agency around that time, which was a really fantastic bit of work, uh, just kind of prototyping potential solutions to avoid satellites crashing into old rocket bodies. Uh, And I was still working with the British Red Cross on high-intensity user research, a piece which has recently been published. Of of which more later, I think. Um... And so, and that school's transport, that was a... Uh, it's, fu- it's funny how I think there's often... Well, you know, I'm surprising you don't really hear the success stories, but that really was a big, big success story. So the issue there was because of social distancing, which is very much back in the news, um, there, was a, there was an issue that young people, not necessarily uh, pupils, but learners of all levels, um, wouldn't be able to get public transport because there wouldn't be enough public transport. And what was the amazing turnaround in terms of monies distributed to local authorities across the country um, to ensure that you know young people could do, or just people in general? Um, was it what, what, like four weeks? Was it less than that, Phil, or six weeks? Uh, so, so this was certainly something I and a few of my PSC colleagues worked on. Um, the the grants were distributed in not much more than about six weeks, um, and that included, you know, trying to make sure that nobody would gain the system, uh, but equally that if people gave the, uh, you know, we had to kind of do some pretty fast estimating of how much uh, extra money local councils would need, and of course if we got that wrong they needed to be able to tell us. So it was a pretty intense bit of work, uh, and as Antonio says, it's one of those things which is almost a completely unheard of success story, but uh, as far as we know, no children were left on the side of the 
the road. Everyone was able to get to school or college, so it, was, uh, uh, it is, of course, easy to, to, to note that we've all had a, a bad time, but we should take a second to congratulate all the public servants who've, who've done some pretty amazing stuff uh, on, on school transport and others to, to get that done. Indeed, which is why they got... We need to be careful to sound impartial, but why they got their 1% pay rise in March. Um, but back in uh, back, back in February, so the other big thing going on in the world, so uh, I think we hit around sort of 15 million people have begun to get vaccination, cases are beginning to drop, but the big thing in the world, I think as Wikipedia reliably informs me, was this is when the Sussexes left the royal family for good. Katie, did this, did this blow your mind? Um, I feel ambivalent about it. <laughs> Phil, do you feel very strongly about it? Uh, not really, no, sorry. Vicky, do you feel strongly about it? Vicky, Vicky's shaking her head. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I feel very strongly about it. But let's move on. <laughs> um, so what, what else were we doing in March this year? Uh, I can remember just being incredibly busy, still working on the space agency and doing our best to support them to deliver uh, a really useful product to our satellite operators. How about you, Katie? So we that was when we started working on barcodes and scanning medical devices. Um, and I remember it was back in March because I was watching The Wire during lockdown and all of these episodes from the early 2000s were about like people solving like these crimes related to shipping containers and the fact that they were scanning barcodes. And I was thinking, how come they were doing this in the early 2000s and we still haven't quite done it in the NHS? Um, and ever since March, I've been amazed every time I go to a supermarket and see just how well used the barcodes are. That's, that's a brilliant link, Katie. I would not have thought the wire and implantable medical devices as, a, as an initiative. But, but so, and just to, to, to recap on that, so the problem to be solved there is that, well, there's a multifaceted one, but the, the original entry point for us, for want of a better term, was um, loads of people, when they go to surgery or have a procedure, have a device of some instance, which could be anything from a stent to a... Um, uh, to a pacemaker, to pelvic mesh implant is one that's been in the news. And it's really important to know what that is and track it over time in case something goes wrong. And it's not always that consistent or reliable or historically has been almost the opposite of that as to how well tracked those things are. Exactly, yes. So um, we were we were yeah delighted and, and, and privileged to be to be trying to help address that on on a, on a national level and I know Katie you and Phil have been very very busy uh, throughout the year with that. Uh, we were also doing so. I was doing some work uh, with some other colleagues on on an open regulation platform for uh, Bayes, which was I thought fascinating. So the the, the, the issue there is so much like so anyone who used to use the Trainline app or things like City Mapper um, will, if you pause for thought about it, um, recognise that there's a huge amount of data there, which allows those things to function. And what Bayes, the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, were hoping to do was to say, well, can we digitise and make open and easily accessible the legislative statute book for regulations to allow an ecosystem of innovation, for one of a, again, a different term maybe, um, to help businesses just start up, be better and thrive. Um, so we did some really fascinating work on that from March. 
April time. Oh, so we did a uh, podcast on this one. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but the post office, the saga of the post office. Saga weren't involved, but the, the saga of the post office issue. Katie, do you, do you, how did you feel about that? Um, so I remember that it was a very sad story in the news, but it did get us all very interested in legacy systems and just how many of them were out there and kind of ready to strike and cause problems for humans. So that's what inspired our Living With Legacy series. And actually, since then, we've had loads of interesting episodes learned about all sorts of different legacy systems, uh, both at home and away. So um, the silver lining is how much, how much we've learned on the back of it and how we are a bit more ready to deal with similar crises in future. And then in May, I remember, but it must have been the first time, uh, certainly it was the first time some of us had met in person, but we met in a yurt in central London. Yeah, so one of the amazing uh, aspects of London, of course, is that right next to massive office blocks are buildings from several hundred years ago. And right next to a building from several hundred years ago in Liverpool Street is a yurt. And so uh, Katie and Antonio and I and Fiona all met up and attempted to plan out how uh, we wanted to take the PSC Digital forward. It was a really fantastic day. It was the first time I think Fiona had met us in person. So that for us was uh, at least a a really kind of big uh, kind of turning point in the year because we were able to kind of plan out what we wanted to do and how we could spend our energies as wisely as we could. And I I don't know about for yourselves, but that was the first time I'd seen colleagues in uh, in person for a very, very long time. And, you know, we're not not an overly tactile organisation or culture. Um... But it was it was it was it was a weird sort of it felt weird felt weird I mean obviously good sorry and positive but um, there was a slow slow rehabilitation into uh, socialising um, that was also in May that year I think when Dominic Cummings did his testimony to the Science and Technology Committee which was uh, I was absolutely riveted by and I think there's. Uh, in fact, there was a subsequent publication of kind of uh, the committee published its findings on COVID nineteen, which I would suggest a very recommended reading for anyone interested in public services and public service reform. Uh, June things are looking a bit better. I mean, we I think we talk about well, COVID on the COVID front. So you know, we talk about death. I think we've become slightly immune to talking about death suddenly because obviously each one is is horrific. But uh, we'd hit zero multiple days of deaths I think and people were beginning to feel more optimistic about things and we had uh, we were delighted I think to be chosen to support the Welsh Government Centre for Digital Public Services uh, developing and running a big landscape review and we'll uh, for those of you who follow us on social media will probably have seen lots of things uh, going on there. Uh, We also uh, had well there was a surprise electorally Phil, do you want to, I mean, in your neck of the woods? Well, that's right. I, I think this was um, one of the interesting parts. You know, data and algorithms are taking up so much of our lives at the moment. And I think in Chesham and Amersham by-election at this time, uh, you, which is which is very close to, to where I live, the narrative was very much that all the data was saying that this would be a Conservative held by-election. And you kind of tend to think of uh, syphologists knowing that they're kind of almost house-by-house uh, analysis of who's going to vote for whom, and so you can almost predict your elections very, very closely. But in fact, there was a major surprise there, and there was not just a narrow Liberal Democrat victory, there was quite a large one. So, you know, this this is not really where the, where the PSC uh, do our work, we're, we're much more in the public service, but I, I've no doubt that there are people analysing how the data was so 
inaccurate before that by-election took place because that was genuinely, I, I don't think, what people expected. Ooh, interesting. I may have a slightly different uh, take there, Phil, as, 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 a, as a, I guess, a, uh, someone closer, to, I suppose, to frontline politics as a, as a councillor. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call that inaccurate data because um, electoral views and opinions are probably more fluid and changing, or at least the, the data would suggest that, they ch- that people change political party much more than they used to historically. Um, and so it's, it's, we can't take as granted that anyone has a static view. People, there's more choice, I suppose. Um, so one of the interesting things around your neck of the woods, I believe, is there's uh, HS2 and planning reforms were both big issues and I think quite largely came to the fore, perhaps. And, of course, planning reforms was something that we were to work on later in the year, um, and there may yet be changes there. Yes, yeah, fair point, and very interesting. I suppose, um, you know, the, the, the historical view of, of this part of the world is, is one which has voted Conservative, I think, pretty much in an unbroken chain for as long as people have been able to vote. So that idea that people are now moving much more on the local issues uh, did almost definitely come to the fore there is a really interesting one, Antonio. So in uh, July, and indeed in August, we did some uh, more fascinating work with the Space Agency. Um, And we moved into what you might, I think, I think it was August, wasn't it, into a beta phase. Katie, remind us, what is a beta? Uh, A beta is a very exciting thing because it means that you have found out what some user needs are, you've designed what a potential solution to users' problems are, and then in the beta you actually start to build the solution. So I met uh, our beloved uh, developer colleagues who are based in Poland and we started to create a tool for monitoring space junk. Um, I've been working on it ever since and learned loads about software development and just how passionate people are about things such as the length of a URL or the structure of a unique ID, all sorts of stuff that I hadn't expected but has been fun to learn about. Can can I, I mean, I think this needs its own podcast, but uh, Phil, can you give us a brief 30 seconds on why URLs are the the most important thing in your life? Well, I, I don't know if that was intended as a barb, Antonio, but it is a fair cop. If so, I uh, I love a good URL. Uh, why are they so important? I suppose I would say that a URL, uh, you know, when you're developing a digital product, is like an, an indefinite uh, liability into the future. It's as if you've written a cheque with an indefinite amount of money on it, uh, which people can draw on for the rest of their lives, because the, the URL should be there forever. And if you've made a terrible typo in it on day one, uh, then you have to live with that for literally the rest of your life. And so it's incredibly important to kind of think it through. And it's, it's a genuinely interesting intellectual exercise to think about. We know that this is what this website is going to do now. If we call it this thing or set up our structure in this way, what does that stop us doing in future? So I would say designing a URL is always a a fun thing to do because you're having to plan out the next 100 years of uh, what your product is. Uh, It was no barb. I I, I genuinely believe that. So there's a, I think, Amazon say, but they they say no... uh, no data, no AI is their line, but, you know, no, no URLs, no search? Well, uh, URLs are the unit of the web. The, 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 the web is based entirely around URLs, and so it's really important you get them right. 
Well said. Um, so September, gosh, the JCVI starts recommending booster shots, which now are forming a huge part of uh, the, the latest phase of vaccine rollout in late October. I think we had COP26 and we had some colleagues run a fantastic event on um, uh, around COP26 in, in the period. I think you can probably read about that on the website. There's a spending review launched that affected uh, lots and lots of, of client work. Um, in November time, I think we were delighted that Jonathan Slater, we formally announced his, uh, his joining us as a senior advisor. Jonathan was former permanent secretary of the Department for Education, and Brittany was freed. Now, I, I, I put this in because I think, it's a, I think it's a big issue. I actually also wanted to put Taylor Swift's release of Red, which I think is a fascinating uh, issue as well. But does, would anyone like to say anything on Brittany? I would always like to say something about Brittany. Uh, obviously very delighted that she is freed uh, but also I think like in terms of the, it's a success story for the internet because people often kind of get angry about stuff on the internet and tweet about it and it goes nowhere but this thing actually worked a podcast and people were constantly applying pressure on Instagram and Twitter it actually came it, it changed this uh, woman's life for the better and it was very cool to see Oh, that is a, you know, but this isn't reasons to be cheerful, uh, but that is a reason. Um, so, uh, and then in December, gosh, uh, we, we had, uh, and I think, again, you can probably check out more details on uh, the psc.co.uk on the Red Cross work, which Katie and Makoto did on high-intensity uh, service users, which, in fact, Katie, you should probably say a little bit about what that, that really was about and the impact it had. Uh- Yep, so at this point it was a couple of years ago that Makoto and I were asked to do some research on people that use emergency services more frequently than the average person. And we found out that while these people actually proportionately take up lots of hours in A&E, lots of hospital beds, they're really, really understood. And they often have multiple complex needs that are never understood in the round. They're always kind of passed from pillar to post of different services. So it was a real honour to be able to get under the skin and actually listen to these individuals for once. And uh, so when the report came out in December, got picked up by lots of different media channels. Makoto and I definitely had a little mini cry in the office because we finally found that the, the voices that we had been trying to get represented were being heard much more widely than we had uh, did hope for. So uh, that was definitely a highlight of the year for me. Lovely to hear. And it was, a, it was a stunning piece of research. I strongly recommend that you, uh, you check it out. Um, so we, I think we should probably end the review of the year because both the year isn't over and we are speaking right now uh, on a day when there may yet be lots and lots of changes in society with regards to COVID and who knows what those will be. So instead, we're going to look forward to 2022. Phil, do you want to... Gosh, I, I wonder if anyone will get a Mystic Meg reference, but do you want to be Mystic Meg? <laughs> uh, well, it, indeed, I, th- I think I'm not going to predict that Mystic Meg will be back in 2022, but you never know. Um, I think the um, what, what strikes me, I suppose, as I looked back as, as to what we've done here and, and thought about what does the world look like in 2022, is that uh, if, if we are thinking that the UK public sector is fully digitised and it's really maximising the use of digital tools and technologies. I'm sorry to say there's a very, there's a long way to go. You know, the we, heaven knows we are a long way above a zero, but lots and lots of the work which we have done and which we continue to see different parts of the public sector ask for is to 
get more and more value out of the data that they're collecting and to kind of help it talk to other bits of data which they've maybe got in a separate part of their organisation and is formatted slightly differently. And you can kind of see the size of the prize which is got if you can combine those two in terms of people being more efficient, understanding where uh, the needs of, you know, the high-intensity users which, which Katie was talking about are and just effectively using our time as, e- as efficiently as we possibly can. And I can only see that work uh, and th- that kind of interest from the public sector becoming stronger and stronger this year and hopefully delivering better public services out of the back of it. Excellent. Katie, what, what do you foresee as being the big thing in 2023? Um, well, actually thinking back to my the first question of my quiz, single sign-on. So GDS have been talking about that massively in their blogs over the next few months, obviously in all of the work that we do. Pretty much anyone, any frontline worker in public services will tell you that that's a bugbear of their everyday lives. So I think more work to rationalise that area um, could be a a good bet. Katie, I mean, uh, for those listening, this clearly hasn't been particularly prepped. Uh, So I didn't expect that, but you, you, uh, you, yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. I think um, there's like these uh, forces of increasing cyber concerns, probably user expectations. Um, and apparently loads of VC investment as well going into like identity management. I think that is going to be the big area. And I suspect going back to the legacy tech, it's just going to make things more complicated and messy. Um, but watch this space. And in terms of the PSC itself, where would we like to see the PSC digital this time next year? Well, uh, of course, I'm listening to to your thoughts on single sign-on there, team. Before I kind of came here, I was thinking that, you know, we're we're a business and we're here to improve the public services and to make them brilliant. And part of that is to kind of hear the needs from our our, our contacts uh, across the public sector. So we need to, I think, to think hard about how we can uh, get the most from digital tools and technologies and make it just easier and easier for public uh, the public services across the UK um, to, to make the most of them and, and to get the most out of their data. And I think on a, a personal level, I think I would love to begin to share a bit about what we in the PSC Digital have learnt, uh, again, via this podcast series, to talk about even more fun stuff about URLs or kind of stuff about how uh, what, what makes a good public sector digital product, uh, because I think... We've we've learnt loads, which would be we'd we'd love to share with with uh, the the UK as a whole. Katie, how about yourself? Um, well, it's kind of already in train as we have two new product managers joining the PSC, so I'm very much looking forward to working with those guys, learning from them. Um, and also, it's pretty exciting that one of them uh, has been working in India. So uh, we've had a podcast before with Archana, who told us all about the US, and there's always stuff to learn from looking at international examples. So I would love to learn more about uh, digital public services in other countries and see if there's anything that we can uh, adopt over here or think about. Excellent. I couldn't couldn't agree more. All right. Well, um, does anyone have any... I mean, we should probably wish everyone happy holidays because I imagine this will come out over that period when people are hopefully enjoying uh, good family time. Any final thoughts before we wrap up the year? No, it's been fun. Thanks to the PSC Digital and listeners. Thanks so much for listening. And we will indeed be back soon in the in the new year. So um, subscribe, 
tell people how brilliant we are, email us at hello at thepsc.co.uk. But until then, have a wonderful Christmas, New Year, holiday, whatever you may or may not celebrate, and we'll speak soon.